and welcome to another episode of C-Cubed, Cantilever's Contracts and Current Events. I'm Chelsea, and I am with my husband, Alex. Hi. We talk about the news of the week, our professions, and some other interests. First, we have some housekeeping for all four of you that listen, and I know just are distraught when we don't do a weekly episode. It's true. Well, go ahead. Yeah, so we couldn't do a podcast last week uh, because Chelsea was really super busy with school and with the midterms and all that. It's called Dead Week. You know, someone asked me, oh, do they call it Dead Week because that means your other classes aren't allowed to add any more work to your load? And I laughed and said, oh, that's so cute. No, it's because (laughs) they work us till we die. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. So she was super busy, so we decided not to do one last week. I and don't even remember that conversation. Like, I was so in the depths of Revit that I don't, I I couldn't even tell you what happened last week. For our non-architectural listeners, what is Revit? Oh, it's just a program that you use to put together a building. It's like a 3D modeling program, right? Yeah, it's 3D and 2D, actually. Okay. All right, so unbeknownst to us and the last podcast we did, my question was so relevant (laughs) because Amy Coney Barrett, during her confirmation hearings, was asked to name the five freedoms protected by the First Amendment the exact same question I asked Chelsea in the last podcast. Yep. And... Amy Coney Barrett got four out of five, Mm -hmm. and Chelsea got four out of five. (laughs) Yeah, so basically, Chelsea is on the short list for the next Supreme Court justice. (laughs) (laughs) Except I got the one that she didn't get right. Yeah, so... vice versa. Yeah, so um, she missed petition. Yeah. And you missed press. No, she didn't miss petition. Yes, she did. She missed assembly. No, she got assembly. Okay. She missed petition. Okay. Petition the government for grievances. Okay. You got that one. Sort of gave it to you, but it's pretty good. No, I definitely got it. Well, listen. I mean, the only reason I got it is because of the chicken nuggets guy. No, well, and because of Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. That's really why you got it. Yeah, I totally know what it is. Get off my back. <laughs> um. So yeah, both eighty percent passing grades. It's That's all you good. need. That's all you need to okay. become part of the Supreme. <laughs> got it. All right. So you have a question for me. Yes. So the architecture question for the week is because of COVID. What historic architectural move are people reenacting is in their residential homes now? What historical architectural move? Yeah. Or movement? No, just just move. It does it doesn't matter. What historical architecture, what piece of historical architecture is happening now because of COVID? In residential homes. That's not easy. It definitely is. Think about, like, what COVID... Well, we're not going to talk about this. Because usually I give it away (laughs) whenever I try and explain things. Listeners, 
She's figured out my secret. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's move on. You want to talk about the thing that's happening? Wait, what's happening? <laughs> what is today? November 4th? Yeah. Yeah, there's something. Oh, uh, I don't know. Oh, I think it's like an election. Oh, was that, was that yesterday? That was two days. Well, yeah. I guess yesterday. Feels like two days ago. Is today the fourth? Yes, yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, so there was an election yesterday. uh, For those of you who weren't aware, congratulations. (laughs) You live in a democracy. Um, (laughs) Hey, and kudos to you for just like being totally naive and live under a rock. Yeah, you probably don't know who President Trump is. And if you do, you're like, Donald Trump is president? What? Yeah. So that's good for you. I want to meet you and shake your hand. And be you. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there was an election yesterday um we still don't know the results the new york times has the current electoral vote count at 253 for uh, joe biden and 214 for donald trump so yeah right now looking at it it looks like it's going to be a relatively narrow biden win with the Republicans keeping the Senate. Mm-hmm. That's your prediction? That's my prediction. Okay. Is that it's going to be a, a narrow Biden win with the Republicans keeping the Senate. So what that's going to mean is there's not going to be any big legislative push by Joe Biden when he gets in because he's not going to be able to. He's not going to have control of the legislature because one half of it's going to be Republican. So... If he wants to pass big uh, laws, he can't because Mitch McConnell is going to be like, nah, and bat all that stuff down. This will be the first time since 1988 where a new president in his first term doesn't have control of both houses of Congress when he comes in. Hmm, Interesting. So yeah, again, there's not going to be any big push. There was a big push by Clinton. Uh, There was a big push by Bush Jr. Wait. Trump didn't have control of the House. Yeah, he did. Nancy Pelosi is not Republican. Doesn't matter. She had, he had control of the House for the first two years he was president. Oh, I see. Okay. And what did he do with it? Nothing. Okay. Um, no, he really, I mean, he waited to um, try and get the, the wall built until after he had lost the majority in the House. He said that he was going to get a big infrastructure bill done. Didn't do that either. Didn't really do anything for the first two years when he had a majority uh, in the House. So Biden, if he is the winner, is going to be sort of like a caretaker president where not a whole lot happens for at least two years until the maybe the Democrats can win back the Senate in 2022. But we'll see. Two years of not much happening might actually be okay for right now. We got enough going on. But yeah, that's where we're at right now. Okay, can I talk about Oregon now? Chelsea wants to talk about drugs. (laughs) Don't do drugs, kids. Unless you're in Oregon and then you can. Okay. Do you remember being in middle school in the, like, what was it? Was it like a bear? There was like a no. That's mascot. Smokey the Bear. There was oh, a mascot. Oh, McGruff as a dog. 
It was a crime um, dog. Okay, maybe. Right? He wore a trench coat. He had, a, he had like a fedora and he was a dog. Hold on. McGruff the crime dog. Okay, so I'm talking about the slogan, Just Say No, which started in the 1980s. Yeah, that was Nancy Reagan. Yeah. So, Wait, you didn't have McGruff the crime dog? I don't know. I remember the Just Say No slogan and we got like stickers and t-shirts and hats that just that said just say no and yeah. like had to go to after if you went to after school programs that's like all they did was talk about just say no to drugs and that actually started for me in grade school yeah not middle school with like so it started in the 80s and 90s but i it was like the 2000s when i was in grade school so, I was, like, even later. Yeah. But anyway, so I remember that and, like, being like, this is weird. <laughs> I just remember it being so weird. Like, okay, I, I get it. You guys can stop drilling this into my head. I get it. But it didn't matter because, like, I mean, well, I, I have never done drugs. Yeah, okay. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I knew people who did, no matter what. Anyway, this all to say, Oregon is not just saying no. <laughs> if if Oregon had a slogan, it would be, just say yes, oh but, but just a little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, just a tiny bit. Yeah, so Oregon becomes the first state to decriminalize possession of small amounts of drugs which includes heroin cocaine meth ecstasy lsd and some others that i don't know yeah they have they don't have cool street names uh, okay like ecstasy i i said ecstasy no i know i don't know but oh, oh. ecstasy is the cool street name right yeah. but whatever try to pronounce one of the names I don't know if the P is silent. Let's pretend it's not. Oh, gosh. It's like... Pss- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Psilocybin? Psilocybin? Psilocybin. It's P-S-I-L-O-C-Y-B-I-N. Methadone and oxycodone are also on here. Sure. And they talk about, you know, using money... This bill, this um, Measure 110, which decriminalizes the possession, but also expands addiction services using the state's marijuana tax revenue. So you're using tax on drugs, money from from drugs, to help uh, people who are addicted to drugs, which... I mean, that's like a no-brainer. I don't know. I think it's great. And then, you know, they talk about ending racist drug war policies and things like this. So, I think it's really important. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens because a lot of the drug war comes from the federal government. Not all of it, but a lot. some of it does. And so, we'll be interested to see how they react to the decriminalization because even though it's decriminalized in Oregon, it's still illegal in the United States. Yeah. So in Oregon, 
instead of like going to jail, individuals would receive a $100 fine. Um, and that could even be waived if the person receiving the fine is assessed at a recovery center. Mm. So not only are you not going to go to jail, but if you do the right thing and seek help, you won't even have to pay the fine. That, you know, maybe they wouldn't be able to pay the fine anyway, you know? But there's there are options, right? Which I think is really good and important for this type of bill. Yeah, I think it it goes it's go it goes in the right direction. Yeah. of treating everyday users of drugs not as criminals but as people who are sick and need mm-hmm. treatment. Exactly. And because it's only for small amounts of drugs is still they still will be able to prosecute uh, those people who are distributing those drugs. There is, however, no change to the criminal code for delivery, manufacturer, and other commercial drug offenses, which I think is good, too, because, again, we're looking at the individual here, not a group of people. Well, not just not a group of people, but we're looking at the individual who is using and addicted to drugs as opposed to the individual who is selling these drugs Mm -hmm. and sort of perpetrating this harm. Exactly. Right. So I think that is a a good first step. Mm -hmm. And so good on Oregon. We'll see how it goes. Maybe it can be sort of a pilot program for the rest of the country. Pop quiz. How much did Oregon receive in marijuana tax revenue in 2019? just to give our listeners an idea of how much money is actually going to go to these programs. 200 million. No, less than that. Oh, I don't know. I get my guess. 102 million. Hey, that's pretty good. So, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of money. It is. I think to go to programs when, you know, New Mexico's scraping by to get after school programs, you know, we get less than a million dollars. Hey. Um we should sell drugs. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> marijuana specifically. <laughs> Let's move on to our COVID update. <laughs> yeah, the U.S. is not doing well. I mean, we're hitting our second wave, right? Uh, well, we didn't really come out of the first wave. Okay, well. And then the second wave really was in July for parts of the country. Oh. So we're kind of in the third wave. Okay, third wave, fine. Which is going to be worse because it's colder and yep. COVID thrives in colder weather. As it- most respiratory diseases do. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk about New Mexico just briefly. Um on November 3rd, we had 1,136 positive tests, putting us at a total of 49,240. As of, I think, today, earlier today, maybe yesterday, uh, New Mexico opened up 12 new testing sites, and testing is totally free all over New Mexico. Um, so if anyone tells you differently or tries to get money from you, you can tell them no. I will say, though, that as of last week, 21,224 COVID cases have recovered, according to the New Mexico Department of Health. Okay. So that's a positive. Yeah. But 
Alex, this goes into my rant for today. Yeah. Which is not light. New Mexico continues to do worse and worse, and we've been pretty, what would you say, conservative about reopening and, like, allowing um, more people in and more people to be in restaurants and things like that. We haven't... Yeah, we would be small C conservative. Okay, yeah. As opposed to big C conservative, which is, like, conservative politicians. Right. Is which the is the opposite. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. No. But we've been very conservative in our... We've been very conservative and cautious in our reopening yeah. plan. Yeah, and all... I mean, all public schools are online. UNM's online. But then we're going to be required... Um, even, like, hybrid classes are going to be required to be completely online after Thanksgiving, right? Into the new year. How, how do I say this? Y'all, this is my last year. I have one more semester. I graduate in the spring. I have been doing online school since March, and I would have thought by now that I would have received some good news and that I'd be going back to school, back to being in the classroom in the spring semester. And that's just not gonna happen. Yeah. And as a architecture student who has worked their butt off for two and a half years, well, more than that now, and and then to be told, oh, you won't be going back to the classroom the rest of your architectural educational career, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't really sit well with me. I'm pretty upset actually about it. Yeah. I most likely won't get to walk. No one is walking for the fall semester. And it's because people, I don't know who, because most of the people that I know do not do this, but it's because people don't wear their masks and because they are spreading the virus and by going to parties, going wherever, doing things that you shouldn't be doing right now. And I am stuck at home. I have been at home since March and I'm still not gonna get to go back to school. I've done the thing, you guys. (laughs) Well, I've done the thing and you all are not doing the thing. And so I get punished for it. The funny, the fu- the thing that's funny to me, right, is that a lot of, not all of, but a lot of the people who are like, they told us it was only going to take two weeks, and we, if we just wore masks, we would be fine. If we isolated for two weeks and wore masks, we would be fine. And it's the same people who are saying that are the same ones who weren't isolating and refused to wear masks, uh, except for... If I go into a business and they say I have to wear a mask, then I will. But that's just because they're they have a business. They're a business and they have the right to tell me not to wear a mask. It's like if if you actually did what you were complaining the governor made you do so often, we would be done, or we would be in much better shape than we are. Yeah, and I know people, you know, get this virus and they don't mean to. Yeah, they're not. I know that people are not seeking it out. I don't know, maybe some people are, but most people aren't. 
But, you know, if you would just follow the rules and do the things that we're supposed to, instead of complaining about who's in charge and what they're making us all do, if we all did it, I would get to go to school for my last semester. Yeah. And I don't get to do that. And so... I just... It's so heartbreaking. So, that's my light item. (laughs) Good, I feel so uplifted and relieved. Thanks for listening to that, you guys. (laughs) So, mine is about rivalry. That's my light item. So... Do tell. Yeah, so I had a hearing, it was a while ago now, where I won an important issue for my client, Mm -hmm. right? You know, that usually feels good to win an important issue for your client, but it just feels better when it's a person that you don't really like. Oh, Alex. (laughs) It does. (laughs) When the person is just a jerk and they do things in bad faith and they just try to make everything as difficult as possible. Mm -hmm. So in this case, if they're your rival, right? it might not, that might not always be the case, right? You might just have a historical rivalry and you might not know the source of whatever it is, right? But I don't have a historical rivalry. I have a right now rivalry with this person. <laughs> um, and there are plenty of plaintiff's attorneys who I would have won and been satisfied and happy, but it wouldn't have felt as good. Oh my. Because <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have... It just, it just wouldn't feel the same. Yeah. Because it's like, yes, you feel like vindicated because of how difficult the other person has been. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that's interesting that that like success can have like a different flavor. It's all the sweeter, right? When it's <laughs> someone that you're so bitterly opposed to. Oh. Interesting. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting observation from from my life or the past uh, that happened a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so so step one, find yourself a rival. <laughs> step two, beat the rival. Okay. Step three, lather, rinse, repeat, because uh, you got to find more rivals to beat because then you just keep feeling good. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's all. <laughs> that's my light item. And it was way better. Uh, I guess not better, but... Way less depressing than Chelsea's. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, probably, but still weird. (laughs) Well, let's get back to my question. You're going to have to repeat it because I don't remember it was earlier tonight. Okay, so the question is, what historical architectural move are people reenacting now because of COVID? And it's residential, specifically. What historical architectural move? Don't worry about the word move. What piece of historical architecture is being reenacted now? Is being utilized now that COVID is among us? And it is residential, but... um, Let's see. How can I give you a hint? Yeah, I'm not even going to get a hint. (laughs) Oh, I... I no. gave you a hint. I said it was residential. Okay. No no options, no multiple choice. 
multiple choice. You don't give me multiple choice. Usually I do unless they're super easy questions. No, you give me what do these things mean? And yeah, the last ones, the la- all of them actually have not been multiple choice. They've all been multiple choice, no. except for last week. No, they have not. Yes, they haven't. No, they have not, Alex. Go back and listen. You need to go back and listen to your podcasts. Because it was like, what's the First Amendment cover? Okay, so that was the only one. No, it wasn't. Something about the Commerce Clause. I gave you I gave you options. That was the only one Mm-mm. that you gave me options. I give you options. For, I give you examples for legal fiction. Yeah, but I had to explain it. There, It wasn't a multiple choice. Yeah, but I gave you hints, like good hints. You had to, otherwise I wouldn't have been able to guess it. What historical architectural move is being reenacted in really It's not the same thing. Think about think about layouts and ways that people made the plans for residencies and even like plans for cities could be considered here, but it's a social setting. The piece is more social, a place for people to gather mm-hmm. and socialize. Um, yeah. It, you know, it the, isn't something that is only meant for residential, but in this case it is. More people are at home. Yep. What What would you want in your home? I would want to not be stuck inside all the time. Sure. But to be safe. And so, you know. But like, Less but. people are going out into their front and backyards because of their neighbors. Maybe they use their backyard more often. But. Um, it, are these like, I know it's not like rooftop gardens. No, but at least you're on to something. Probably not like a sunroom. I honestly have no idea. Okay, you give up? Yes. An interior courtyard. So... You know what a courtyard is? Yeah, I know. It's a ex well, and so, a courtyard is like a space that is still defined by the building. So I know interior courtyards were really popular in like Italian architecture and in like Spanish architecture. They've actually been around since the beginning of time and have been popular throughout cultures. But yes, the courtyard at least in the uh, public sphere is largely Spanish, Italian, some French. Well, there were even like personal interior courtyards in homes in in Italy and Spain. Those, that's yeah. what I think of. Yeah, but those have actually been throughout cultures hmm, and throughout time. Yeah. They kind of guess where the first one was, which was in Jordan Valley. Okay. Um, Yeah, in the Middle East or I guess the Levant. Yeah. But interior courtyards have been popular and used by everyone for many different things like cooking, sleeping, working, playing, gardening, animal keeps because an interior courtyard is all four sides. Whereas... A public square, which could be considered a courtyard, doesn't have to be totally enclosed all yeah. the time. But a courtyard is an enclosed space. Yeah. Essentially. 
But yeah, so people are like going back to this because it adds natural elements into their homes and it's like a space that they can go out to without being possibly seen by their neighbors or or seen by strangers, you know, like the front yard. It's more private. And I'm sure you know this too. Nature is scientifically proven to help balance your mood and gives us a break from like the computer and indoors spaces, which can be stressful. Yeah. So yeah, people are building homes and they're creating interior courtyards. <laughs> Sorry, that was so hard. Yeah, it was hard. <gasps> Thanks for sticking with us through this podcast episode of Cantilever's Contracts and Current Events. Go ahead and subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Let us know what you think about the pod. We'll also leave our email address for you to write down questions. Let us know how you did on the quiz. Give us some facts or other quiz questions. We'll see you next time. Bye.